We're in Joel chapter 3. As we noted, we face a momentous week in our nation. That can always be said, I suppose, of a presidential election, but this time there seems to be so much more added to the mix. There's the balance of the Senate that is at stake and in question, I guess the House as well. There's the potential disruption of the Supreme Court. There are, uh, for the first time in my memory, serious questions about the integrity of the process with all of the mail-in ballots and so forth that are being used in this particular uh, election. There is the war that seems to be existing between the press and the press, between uh, our leadership and, and the media. There are also genuine questions about the transfer of power and how that might go if a winner is, to, is declared, especially in a, a close and a disputed contest. You add to all of that the, uh, the background of the virus and the lockdowns and the protests and the, the riots and the racial unrest, and wow, there just seems to be so many ways that gift, this could go terribly wrong, terribly bad. And the terribly wrong for us means that there would be a lot of painful change. Now, now this is not the level of change that we're talking about if you go into a new house or get a new job. The changes that could occur because of a shift of power in our nation might be monumental. The changes that could occur because the American people cannot accept the results of the vote could also be monumental. In the prophecy of Joel, there is a verse that seems to describe for us November 3, Tuesday, November 3, 2020, Joel chapter 3 and verse 14. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and moon grow dark and the stars lose their brightness. The Lord roars from Zion and utters his voice from Jerusalem and the heavens and the earth tremble. The Valley of Decision, that is what one could call the voting centers of America, of which our church happens to be one. As that text suggests, the results could be, could be earth-shaking. So let's talk about facing change as a Christian, changes that uh, could disrupt our peace in colossal ways. Our, our staff here at the church have been reading a little book together at my recommendation, uh, and the book is a bestseller from 15, 16 years ago in the business world. Some of you, I'm sure, read it, and it's called Who Moved My Cheese, right? How many of you read Who Moved My Cheese? Yeah, very good little read, and I thought we should read that as a staff because, hey, gang, church life has undergone and is undergoing a lot of significant changes. And that book is about adjusting to change in your life and your world with wisdom and with hope. 2020 has demanded that we respond to a lot of changes, and you may be feeling the need for wisdom and hope even more come Wednesday or Thursday or November 19, whenever the dust settles from the vote coming up this week. Psalm 46 is about facing massive upheavals, and there the scriptures say, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble, therefore we will not fear. Listen, though the earth should change, that's significant, and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea. The psalmist is describing something huge there, isn't he? Like, like an earthquake. Earthquakes can be literal, geological events, or... They can be metaphorical. 
The Bible commonly uses metaphors and similes. Many commentators believe the type of language we read in Joel and in Psalm 46 and elsewhere, that these are metaphorical for what are actually political changes. None of us, none of us has ever lived through a massive political change. And really, I mean that. We, we have had pretty stable government. That's partly why our nation has prospered so. The shifts of power have been there, but they're not overwhelming. I mean, Johnson to Nixon, Bush to Clinton, but many in history have watched their king murdered and then replaced by the very person or people who murdered him. Or worse, they have watched foreign invaders come into their land and take over their country. They may be exiled, they may be enslaved, they may be brought under the jurisdiction of an entirely different approach to government, where there is no constitution, where there is no balance of power, a change of just one person at the top can be massive. Matthew chapter 24 is full of end times prophecies from the lips of our Savior. And in that chapter, verse 29, it says this, Immediately after the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Now again, that can be taken literally, but it can also be taken figuratively with the understanding that these heavenly bodies represent political leaders. The, the sun and the moon and the stars fall. The idea here is that their kingdoms are stripped from them with the resulting upheaval to human populations. A similar prophecy is found in John's Revelation chapter 6 verse 12. I watched as the Lamb broke the sixth seal and there was a great earthquake. The sun became as dark as black cloth and the moon became as red as blood. Then the stars of the sky fell to the earth like green figs falling from a tree shaken by a strong wind. The sky was rolled up like a scroll and all of the mountains and islands were moved from their places. And again, massive upheaval. But, but is this referring to something celestial or political? It's easy to understand that it may indeed be the, the latter. The passage we started with from Joel, it uses the same language of heavenly bodies which may represent political leaders of enormous power being removed. So, we may be on the cusp of something historic of historic change as a nation of some sort. There are multiple forces converging that make us potentially nervous. Are you? If you pay attention to the political noise, your fears get a lot of extra fuel. The basic strategy of both sides in the election, Ben pointed this out last week, the basic approach has been to convince you that if the other side gets into power, you are going to be brought down to abject misery. It cannot help but get to you, and some of us have given in to worry. If so, you are not alone. And my purpose in these next few minutes is to speak to the fear associated with massive change and the prospects of massive change. And this is not a pep talk. I mean, in my experience, in my four decades of adulthood, my experience is that the guy in the White House does not seem to make as big a difference as we were led to believe before he got into the White House, either for good or for ill. 
That does not mean that will always hold true. I do not know where we are headed politically or economically as a country. And what I want us all to get is this. The realities of life in the United States of America for believers in Jesus will largely be the same four years from now as they are today. The realities of life in the United States for believers in Jesus will largely be the same four years from now as they are today. That is true whether the president is named Donald or Joe or Kamala or Mike or Vladimir or Hasib. The realities of life for you and me will largely be the same. You and I will be children of God, heirs of the eternal kingdom. We will be justified. We will be sanctified. We will be sealed. We will be clothed in the righteousness of our Savior. Did you get all that? Nod your head because I can't see you smiling or anything. All right. Uh, (laughs) You and I, again, will be children of God, heirs of the eternal kingdom, justified, sanctified, sealed, clothed in the righteousness of our Savior. Compared to all of that, who is on the Supreme Court matters little, and how many there are matters little. Who is the president matters little. Which party runs the Senate or the House matters little. Now, please don't mistake what I am saying. I am not saying that we should ignore those things. Oh, my, no. I am not saying those things don't matter. They do matter. I am just trying to put it in a bigger perspective. There are some things that matter far more. The most important things about you and me as disciples of Jesus, disciples and followers of the Lamb, will not be affected by Tuesday's vote. They are sealed in the heavenlies. And this is the ultimate point of Matthew 24 and of Revelation 6 and of Psalm 46 and of Joel 3. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Ever-present. Whether you wake up and your man is in the White House, your God will be on His throne. And He promises to be with you. Stephen Curtis Chapman wrote a lovely song years ago that meant a great deal to me in the toughest days of my life. And it starts out this way. Tomorrow morning, if you wake up and the sun does not appear, I, and I hear God saying that to me, I will be here. Hold my hand and have no fear. Because I will be here. So there you go. Look at each other and say, there you go. Go ahead. (laughs) And let's finish this with the Lord's Supper because it reminds us that our sweet relationship with our God, it results from nothing we do, but only from the work of Jesus. We can live securely knowing that nothing, 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 say it with me, Nothing can separate us from that love. Our musicians are coming up to lead us in our hymn, One Thing Remains. (laughs) We don't know what remains after Tuesday, but we do know the love of Christ will remain because nothing can separate us from that love. Let's get ourselves ready to share together in the Lord's Supper.